Have you ever experienced feelings of unforgiveness? Well, this is The Christian Working Woman, and I'm Julie Bastide. Most, if not all of us, are familiar with that unsettling feeling when we ruminate on being wronged or just hold on to unforgiveness. Well, today, Lisa Bishop talks about the often hard-to-tackle and tough work forgiveness requires. So, Lisa, we know as followers of Jesus, we're called to forgive, but it can feel incredibly hard at times. Oh, you're so right, Julie. (laughs) And you know what? There have been times in my life where I have struggled to forgive when I felt hurt or betrayed, and unwanted feelings of forgiveness, they've just lingered in my mind and heart. And if I'm honest, in my flesh, there have been times where I didn't think someone deserved forgiveness. And in some way, I thought that withholding it would correct their behavior or make them pay a price. But the only one who suffered in the end was me. I can so relate. Unforgiveness can seem like we are punishing another person, which it's really not our job to do in mm-hmm. the first place. But when we withhold forgiveness, we're the ones who pay dearly. Yeah, and you know what? No matter how many messages we've heard about forgiveness or how many times we read what the Bible says, it really takes effort to put into practice. And the book of James reminds us that we have to be doers of the word and not just hearers. Well, I'm looking forward to learning more about this critical way we're called to grow into maturity and be more like Jesus. Thanks, Julie. You know, I read a story of forgiveness about a woman whose husband was kidnapped and tortured. In her words, she was in a living hell as the captors demanded ransom money she didn't have and sent her photos of her husband enduring unspeakable evil at the hands of the men who captured him. For 30 long weeks, her husband experienced cruel and unusual punishment. And as I read her story, I could feel the anguish in my own soul for all the pain and loss that she and her husband endured. Forgiveness was a journey for her, but she realized she was harming herself by holding on to hatred and over time got to a place where she felt empathy, forgave the men, and released herself from her self-contained prison of unforgiveness. I can't even imagine going through something so nightmarish, and yet this is what she had to say. Now I remind myself daily to apply forgiveness to my everyday life while driving, while in the grocery store, and at home with my family. Every time I feel myself going into anger or judgment, I instead choose empathy and forgiveness. I get better at it every day. This woman's story is an extreme example, and most of us may not experience what she endured. But the fact that she could get to a place of forgiveness is an example for you and me. Jesus is our ultimate example of extending forgiveness. Our Christian faith requires us to forgive, so we must work at it and be willing. At some point in our lives, we'll all experience feelings of unforgiveness, that anger and resentment or bitterness or maybe even hatred towards another person. Maybe in this very moment, there are people in your life that you're refusing to forgive, or maybe you've tried to let go of hurt or hard feelings, but you find yourself having a really difficult time. First off, you're not alone. Forgiveness is something we have all struggled with at one time or another, and while forgiveness is a fundamental of the Christian faith, sometimes it is easier said than done. I'm not an expert on forgiveness. In fact, I've had to overcome my own obstacles to forgive when I've been hurt. For years, I worked to forgive someone that I experienced as really toxic. While I didn't want to hold on to my ill feelings toward him, it was challenging. I prayed, I read the word, I asked God to help me, I even hired a coach to help me work through my feelings of anger and bitterness. It took some really hard work over time. You may have experienced things in your life that seem unforgivable, tremendous loss and tragedy caused at the hands of another person. 
But more common are the day-to-day rubs, miscommunication or insensitivities we have towards each other that can fester into unforgiveness. Whether a minor offense or major violation, forgiveness can feel like a hard pill to swallow. But it's the crux of the gospel message. Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. These are only two of the 125-plus forgiveness verses in the Bible. And forgiveness is a really big deal to God. It's, It's meant to be a daily practice for followers of Jesus. Living a lifestyle of forgiveness is what you and I are called to. Letting go of hurts and surrendering them to Jesus is non-negotiable. But let's face it, relationships can be super messy at times. Our marriages, friendships, family, and work relationships are vulnerable to the venom of unforgiveness if we're not mindful. Speaking of venom, if you were bit by a snake, and I hope that never happens to you, what would you do first? Would you stomp on the snake and yell at it? Or would you try to suck the venom out of you? My guess is your first action would be to get rid of the poison in your body. Unforgiveness is like poison flowing through your veins, and the best thing to do is to eliminate it. So whether it's a simple spat with your spouse, long-held resentment toward a family member, ex-spouse or friend, or an unresolved conflict with a coworker, take some time to really notice the impact the poison of holding on to offense, upset, or wrongdoing is having. The other day I was thinking about this topic of unforgiveness, and in the midst of my morning quiet time, the Holy Spirit brought the words little foxes to my mind. I honestly didn't know what it meant, so I did what anyone would do, and I googled it. And it brought me to the Song of Solomon 2.15, which says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, are vineyards that are in bloom. Now, the Song of Solomon is a poem written to demonstrate the love between a husband and wife, and in the middle of a tender and romantic conversation comes this verse about catching foxes. As I dove into the context and meaning, I was astounded and grateful for the Spirit's guidance to that verse. Foxes were destructive animals that could destroy vineyards. When referenced in the Song of Solomon, they represent potential problems that could damage a relationship. The idea being, when little foxes are overlooked, things like holding onto a fence, judgment, making assumptions about a person, and unforgiveness, they pose a real danger to our relationships. So you must catch the sly, troubling foxes. Those sins, attitudes, mindsets, they're all potential threats to your relationships, and they must be removed. And unforgiveness is one of those threats. Hebrews 12, 14 to 15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. When you refuse to forgive and hold on to pain, hurt, and injustice, it becomes bitterness. That bitterness can take root and become poisonous in your spiritual life. When you forgive, you prevent bitterness from taking up residence in your heart. In Mark eleven twenty five, Jesus said, But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Forgiveness is so important to Jesus that he instructs his disciples to make it a priority to forgive before praying. You don't need to earn God's forgiveness. He freely gave it to you when you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. But if you have accepted forgiveness, you need to extend it to others. When other people sin against you and you struggle to forgive, 
Remember God's incredible forgiveness and ask Him to help you forgive as He does. When someone has harmed you on a deep level, you may not be able to trust that person again. The relationship may not be able to be restored, but you can still forgive and trust God to deliver justice, whether or not you see it in your lifetime. Forgiveness is an act of faith, obedience, and trust. Some big things I know are really hard to forgive, and they're just going to take some time. Asking God to transform your heart and mind and a lot of prayer, but don't give up. Also, remember that people often make little mistakes and take thoughtless actions that will tempt you to harden your heart towards them. Avoid letting those little things add up and choose to forgive them as they happen, as 1 Corinthians reminds us that we're to keep no record of wrongs. So take a minute and scan your relationships. Is there anyone that you're mad at? Whose calls or texts are you avoiding and intentionally letting go to voicemail? Is there someone whose name you hear or that walks in a room and you have a less than warm and fuzzy thought about them? You may have written something off as no big deal, but if you're honest, there may be a slight wedge between you and that person. No act of forgiveness is too small. I want to take a few minutes to walk you through some practical steps of forgiveness. Now, they're not prescriptive, but they're a guide to help you live a forgiveness lifestyle. Just let the Lord bring anything to light through these sets of questions. You ready? First, ask God, Holy Spirit, is there anyone I'm harboring resentment, bitterness, or unforgiveness towards? Then write down any names on a piece of paper. Now, if you're driving right now, wait till it's safe to write, and don't worry, you can go through these steps and revisit them later. But if you do get a name and maybe you're surprised, continue through the exercise and see what God might want to reveal to you. As you look at your list, write down what are you holding against each person? What do you need to forgive them for? Be specific. Also, record what judgments you might have made about that person. And if you don't know, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal any judgments to you. Next, what are the emotions that come up when you think of that person? Are you angry, sad, mad, or depressed? Write that down. It's not a sin to acknowledge your emotions. In fact, being able to communicate them and bring them to God is really an important step in the process of healing and forgiveness. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what lie you're believing that's keeping you from releasing the person from your unforgiveness. Maybe the lie is that the person isn't worthy or deserving. And then next, renounce the lie and ask the Holy Spirit how he sees the situation and the person, and then write down what you hear. Ask Jesus if there's anything you need to ask forgiveness for, maybe your part in the offense or any thoughts or actions that you've had towards that person. Write down anything the Holy Spirit brings to mind and then ask Jesus for forgiveness. Then go through the names of the people you wrote down and confess and repent of unforgiveness towards each person you listed. State each person's name out loud and what you forgive them for. So for example, I confess and repent of my unforgiveness towards Jane and I choose to forgive her for. And then finally, visualize the cross of Jesus, his grace and forgiveness between you and each person and say, I choose to bless in Jesus' name. You can bless that person. I choose to bless Jane with love. I choose to bless Jane with favor or abundance. And the last thing is to consider ending with a prayer of thanksgiving, something like, Jesus, Holy Spirit, come and take over all of the areas of my life that were given over to the enemy through my unforgiveness. Heal each wounded place. Fill my heart with your grace and compassion. Thank you for your forgiveness and for restoring my soul. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
Remember, forgiveness is not measured by whether a person deserves to be forgiven. Rather, forgiving someone is your response of obedience to God and the grace and mercy that you've received. Now, as you go through these steps, if you realize that you've wronged someone, whether through careless words or gossip or holding on to a grudge or, or maybe acting in unloving ways, take the initiative to go to that person and ask for their forgiveness and be reconciled. Acknowledge what you said or did that caused pain. And even if you didn't intend to wound someone, swallow your pride, humble yourself, and acknowledge their upset. You can say something along the lines of, I'm sorry I hurt you. Will you forgive me? Be sincere and own your impact. Remember to be completely humble. As Paul says in Ephesians 4, 1-3, live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Your path to forgiveness may be quick, or it may take days, a week, months, or years. Be surrendered to the process with a willingness and a desire to let go of hurts, harms, and offenses and release that person to God. Forgiveness is an act of will, but it's also a result of God's Word renewing your heart and mind and the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. It's at the heart of the Christian faith, and we forgive others because we've been forgiven in Jesus Christ. Well, thanks for joining me today. To download a copy of this message, you can head to our website at christianworkingwoman.org. And if this message has encouraged you, consider being a monthly donor to our ministry. As a financial partner, you'll be able to help us continue to encourage, equip, and empower Christians in the workplace through messages like this one and through programs like our new coaching cohorts for women in the workplace. To find out more about the coaching cohorts, which I'm really excited about, you can check it out on our website at christianworkingwoman.org. Again, that's christianworkingwoman.org. Thanks, Lisa. And again, our website is christianworkingwoman.org, where you'll find many encouraging resources. I'm so grateful you could join us today for The Christian Working Woman, and we hope you'll be with us next week. 